0: Welcome to A Mental Moment Podcast. What we've learned while being in a pandemic is, one, dang, I need to learn how to cook. Two, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is the cure for boredom. And three, I need a therapist because mental health is real. On today's episode, we speak with Colby C. Boone out of Dallas, Texas, Kobe is the founder of Journey of Mind Incorporated, a 501c3 that raises the awareness for mental health, personal development, and travel within underprivileged communities. After just three years of programming, the organization acts as a directory for the underrepresented. With the goal of quantifying advocacy to clients, they are able to connect the dots for people seeking counseling services and for many pro bono rates. Kobe also serves as CEO of Might as Well a card game company started in the spring of 2020 that advocates for awareness of faith, mental health, and culture through their staple card game and outreach conferences. As we speak with Colby, we find new ways to combat this pandemic while learning how to protect our mental. It's time to have a mental moment with Giant C. Tune in now, you don't wanna miss it.
1: A mental moment. All
2: you
3: need is a mental moment. Breathe it before you blow it, don't hold it in posture or pretend just release and you feel far better within the mental moment. moment. Hey, moment. All you need is a mental moment. moment. A mental moment with Jaya and C.
0: Okay, so we talked about, you know, journey of mind and how you pretty much got started. Can you expound on that in terms of where the idea came from? How are we here?
3: Yeah, certainly. So Journey of Mind Incorporated was, it originally started as Just a Dream. So the original name of the organization at the time of filing was called Trust Your Journey. Trust Your Journey was a quote that more or less was created by me, um, that a football coach had shared with me in high school during homecoming season. We always say Trust Your Journey because the biggest thing, you know, coming from North Carolina, is homecoming night. You can miss, you could not win every game of the season. But there was one game that you had to win, that was homecoming. So Mm -hmm. he would always say, trust your journey. And that was something that (laughs) really resonated with me. And man, during some turbulent times that I had coming out of 2016, while I was in college and dealing with issues of mental health, trust your journey was my mantra. It was my, my phrase, my saying that I would repeat to myself on a daily basis. And just building content around that, me being a creative, I would share that with others. And I would say, trust your journey, and trust your journey for everything. So after a while, I became afraid that folks on campus at North Carolina a t were using at the time. And eventually, after eight months of behavioral therapy, CBT, I thought that it was God's task that he had for me to create an actual organization that would address some of those key issues and use the platform that I had. I had no idea that I was going to be a nonprofit. I thought I was going to be a for-profit at that time. Mm-hmm. But God had a different plan. He had a different right. purpose. and um. So thankful to, that I had followed that plan and purpose with my first organization, my first company being a nonprofit for sure.
2: Nice, that's important as far as just, just starting your journey. And so, how has your mantra as of now, how has mental health become a vital part of just health this for post pandemic?
0: How do oh, you tie
3: that? Yeah, um, in the post pandemic, I think now. It, now more than ever, everything that you have learned is being put into practice and put into play. So whether, looking at three years ago, me starting the organization and my own journey in 2016, which would have been four years ago, gosh, time flies. Mm-hmm. It, everything that I learned from, whether it was waking up and exfoliating in the morning, I know that sounds probably uh, absurd to you as women, because y'all always <laughs> do a better job than those guys, but something <laughs> as small as that. For guys, exfoliating your skin on a regular basis. That is your self-care routine. Something as small as lotion in your body when you get out of the shower in the morning. Every day, fellas, if you're listening. Every day, put some lotion on them hands in between the cracks. <laughs> the small things, watching what you eat. Not eating too much red meat if you do eat meat. Making sure that you're balanced in life. Making sure you're eating those healthy fruits. Making sure that your uh, di- dietary restrictions are in place. That's going to be conducive to you actually having a healthy lifestyle during the pandemic, when at many times of quarantine, I know folks couldn't go to a gym at all. You were inside the home, especially here in Dallas, Texas, where our numbers are still rising to this day. So I think from a mental health standpoint, your self-care routines that you developed during your time, therapy, during your seasons, during your counseling sessions, that all comes into play now more than ever because you're gonna have to practice, you're gonna have to walk that thing out. You're going to have to put those things to practice. You're going to have to put them into play. And it's going to have to, that actually now is going to become your sword in hand, if you will, alongside with the word of God that I believe as a Christian, Hmm. your self-care routine is now a part of your battle armor. Every day we wake up and walk outside the door, we're stepping into a global pandemic, unlike anything that we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And there's a scripture, uh, Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 12, I believe it is, um, actually talks about the weapons of our warfare Mm -hmm. and understanding that our warfare is not in just flesh and blood that we're dealing with now. It's actually in the spiritual realm. So without going too deep into that, um, today, I don't know where you guys want to go with the podcast. I can (laughs) definitely share that if your spirit, man, is not strong at this time, it is vital that you work on in this downtime that we have during the pandemic your, your spirit it's, okay. it's just
0: important Wow Two, one. Now you made a great point Kobe on just making sure that you have that full armor and taking the necessary time that we have now this quote unquote downtime for a lot of us to spiritually charge up you know what I'm saying and prepare yourself create that routine so that when things get back into the swing of things whatever that means to you you're able to function. And you're not lacking in any categories. I have all my tools on my tool belt. We're ready to go. So that was dope. That was dope. And actually, segueing that, and I know you covered it a little bit, but how has the global pandemic pretty much kicked the need for mental health resources into fifth gear, in your opinion?
3: The need for mental health resources in particular. Mm. Mm. I think think from what I've seen, a lot of organizations are doing a better job with their collateral.
1: Mm-hmm. I
3: know a, a lot of organizations, the infographics that came out in May for mental health month, NAMI was really on it. Yeah. NAMI was really on it this year with their advocacy. I would say the national suicide prevention institution and hotline. They they were really on it this year. I think collectively It's caused a lot of organizations, especially in the mental health space, clinicians, to attack and address this thing in a different way. I know while in the counseling program at UNC Charlotte, the clinical mental health program, it was still very new for folks to focus on teletherapy. It was still very new at that time for clinicians to focus on just uh, Zoom calls. It was still new at this time coming out of 2018, 2019. Where it is now, if you're going to be speaking to your therapist primarily, you will actually, unless there's somebody who has a specific uh, specific process, you're going to be meeting over technology. So I think in many ways I've seen now with the pandemic, folks are challenging themselves to be better advocates across the board. And I think in many cases, it's allowing for more people to be reached, honestly. I would ask you as a clinician, if you don't mind me asking, how have you now, during this pandemic, ramped up with your technology, I guess, and practices, and making sure that you're reaching a broader scope of clients that you typically might not have reached before?
0: Well, I think the that was actually a great question. I mean, Jai, you can chime in also on that, but I think mm-hmm. because we are millennials, we have that advantage. We use technology far more than our parents, mm-hmm. definitely our grandparents, but any you know anyone over the age of whatever set age is for you where you need help in technology Um, unless you're in the field I don't want to put nobody out unless you're in the field of technology that's the only way that you have that upper hand but for us I feel or for me specifically with my job I feel I was able to just get in there and make things work yes it's always a learning curve in terms of let me just on downtime, let me just figure out a new way to make things easier. While we have the time, let's figure out simple ways to do it and maximize the time. I always believe for let me do said thing in half the time. Because the the time it took for me to get it done before is now thirty minutes or whatever thirty minutes is yeah. is fifteen. So now whatever that that extra fifteen I'm able to do something else. So using technology and being quick on it and making it accessible for us has made life so much easier and I'm able to manage time better, I would say. So for mm. me
2: personally, I've still been going into work. So I don't think we, we haven't really tapped into being virtual because I work at a treatment facility. So, it con- so we're considered essential workers mm-hmm. and, and I work with addicts as well. So it's, I don't, we, we have that option to where we, we can do telehealth. However, you know, it's just a different feel as right. opposed to if we were doing physical face-to-face contact, because, you know, with that particular population, things can go left very, very quickly. So it's, it's important for us to, you know, be that standing ground of and being that safe space to where our clients can still come in. So we take proper precautions as far as checking temperatures, having the options for masks and, you know, just sanitizing on a day to, you know, daily but honestly, we really haven't tapped into the virtual part of anything unless, you know, we have the telehealth option. But it's literally probably only for, you know, one-on-one individual sessions.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, like just especially on a podcast, which I love so much is the way that we get to share and dialogue like this. I mean, how many people are going to be blessed that now have the opportunity to sit back, kick it with clinicians, with folks who are in the yeah. industry mm-hmm. and get that mm-hmm. scoop on what the conversation is not just per se on the side of the healing but who comes to heal the healer mm, right that's and, a good point and, and in that case now i'm starting to see uh from different sides and different spaces that a lot of clinicians that weren't in therapy themselves are now seeing that is not just before it was a requirement but now definitely you need to have somebody yeah, pouring absolutely. back into you at this particular time absolutely. because every day is so challenging. There's so many things that are mm-hmm. coming from different ways, especially with as minorities in our community as well. So <laughs> I am hundred percent behind both of you and, and encouraging and telling you that you are fighting the good fight. And I'm excited to see how this continues to develop and, and who you become after, right? Like who yeah, you right. become after all this as as a clinician, like you'll be that much better as a, of a warrior because you yes. face this as opposed to not. So thank y'all. That's
2: a good point. Oh, yes. Thank you. thank you, Kobe. So now that, so, since you say that, I'm like, I'm curious to know, like, how do we get people in the seats of therapy as opposed to them just, you know, liking a post and following simple steps? Cause you know, like you and I are pretty active on social media, but like, how can we actually get people in the seats of therapy, you know, just to
3: heal? I think transparency. I mm-hmm. think honestly honestly, and truly transparency is going to be the thing that brings people to the seats per se. I know for me, as you stated before in the bio, I had to make a pivot with Journey Among. My yeah. true and honest goal when I first started the organization, it was not glitz and glam. It wasn't television interviews. Yeah. It was literally, I wanted to help somebody because somebody helped me.
0: Mm.
3: And I'm telling
0: you,
3: paying I, it forward. <laughs> I, paying it forward. And I think mm-hmm. that was... Having those conversations with folks, whether it was at the mall, the side of the street, whatever the case may have been, that I felt like God was using me in that moment to say, hey, this is, yes, my faith is strong, but I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. This is what that particular framework did for me. This is how that framework put a mirror in my hand and allowed me to be able to reflect on myself and see what area did I need to work on. What did I put myself into? Not that anybody else did to me, per se, but the things that I did to myself. Mm-hmm. I think us getting folks into chairs, getting them into these conversations and actually booking those consultation calls to come into therapy has yeah. to go back to the transparency of our own healing. I think that's the best promoter. I, as a marketing major with a Bachelor in Science and that from North Carolina a and I think for me, understanding Better marketing do a statement in that sense.
0: intro
3: <laughs> you better um, say your intro <laughs> you know how saggy's got to come now but, but truly like i think when you when you look at the marketers of i give you an example for me now i'm a fortune 100 uh, consultant and in my particular role i build partnerships and relationships with accountants cpas uh, cfas that's, that's what I do. It's what I love doing. I love working in the financial industry. What I've learned about the financial industry is they are really great with numbers, not really great with people. Mm. They're phenomenal when yeah. it comes to your tactics, have yeah. more degrees than a demometer, but when it comes to people, they don't do such a great job. Oh. When I moved into this space, I learned that clinicians are really great when it comes to people. Yes, They're not so great when it comes to business. Mm. They're not yeah. so great when it comes to marketing the business and bringing in clients
1: mm-hmm.
3: you're as a clinician to get butts in the seats uh, for lack of a better term to get, right. get people yeah, into is, right to to get them to the conversation the goal is to market the experience of your practice that is different from anywhere mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. my experience with job, my my experience with here my experience here and that healing that came about that experience will speak for itself. I Absolutely. think sometimes as clinicians, we look at the marketplace and we say, well, this is what she's doing, or she took her picture mm-hmm. with her toes out on the bed and had the, the green plant behind her. Like, okay, <laughs> oh, I, I got to copy this. He's he calling, he calling him out. He's calling him out. I'm saying, I, th- I think that for the few men that we have, oh, yeah. especially minority men that we have, in that particular space, okay, he did his stuff this way. He's been doing it this way for the last twenty years. I know he mm-hmm. has a good book of, book of business as far as clients. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me do it that way. When that right. may not be what God's calling to you, you to, wow. God may be calling you to a partnership with Nami, yeah, or CBN. He might be calling you to partnership that that individual yeah. may not have. That's years ahead of time. But if you don't allow yourself the opportunity to find your own identity as a clinician, you're Oh, this is so good. You're gonna lose <laughs> the identity of your clients that you were trying to reach. Same. Wow. Because you, so you're throwing out this wide net. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: I would, no. So I'm just want to piggyback. So ultimately, like learning your clients' language, like speaking your clients' language. The only way you can really pull them in is you know in some sort of way connect with them and you know in a way that makes sense to them. Right. So being, I say, you I know, say, speak trans- their language. Wow. Yeah. Being transparent and and bringing in that culture piece too depending on what population or whatever culture you're trying to reach you want to be able to speak their language
0: but then also mm-hmm. make it make to, sense wouldn't it go back to just being yourself whomever you're going to attract the person that sh- the people you're supposed to attract will feed off of the energy oh yeah and who for, you sure. Are. So for sure so it's like I, I look at it like there's no need to put on a facade when wherever calling you're supposed to be in clicks it, it goes back to the yeah. missing missing puzzle piece when we mm-hmm. find the missing puzzle piece it clicks everything yeah. flows it's just the perfect picture is what we've mm-hmm. always envisioned and having that mirror of who i'm supposed to be reaching is who is receiving the knowledge that i have right that was that's awesome that's awesome make like go I, ahead go i think ahead.
3: that's valid no i i was disagreeing i think that's so valid i, I truly think that's valid
0: yeah. So Jaya and I have had this conversation, and, and her response was pretty much similar to mine. But it's something that needs to be said. Do you believe there will come a time for free care, or you know, work reduced mental health care?
3: Work reduced or free care, pro bono services. Child? Come a time where it's wi- where it's widespread, as in yeah, it's like that's just no the more norm. need yeah. for a clinician. Yeah. Ooh, no I more need
2: more say, no, 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 well, uh, I would say uh, no that. more need, but like pretty much going to therapy for free. Do you ever think it'll be a time like that?
3: If it is, if that occurs, I need both of y'all to have a hundred k. <laughs> Listen, <society> because, <laughs> right? Uh,
2: <'Cause> I...
3: <laughs> no, no, ma'am. Um, <laughs> I, I would say I would say it'd be beautiful, right? Right? Yeah, like, it'd be amazing if we, we had so cool. a, if we had a society where. It, where mental health is, first of all, even viewed as something that is real, which is still mm-hmm. a taboo that we're fighting today wow. in, in a lot of communities. So I think in, in that society, it would be beautiful. I, I would definitely, as a, as a corporate type of guy as I am, be interested in hearing how the government would roll out that act. Could you take, for example, the Families First Coronavirus Act that was passed back along with the CARES Act on the 27th of March. Mm-hmm. It addresses families being able to receive services during the Coronavirus Act. You couldn't just fire somebody if they were they were sick or they were tested for COVID. If, you, yeah. if they had a family member who had COVID that was within the home and it was a child and nobody else could take care of them, it addressed those different issues. So let me relate your question with what already is rolling out right now with COVID. I think I think that would be amazing. I, I do think that's be amazing. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing though, I don't think it's that far away. It would just, I don't think it's that far away. It would just rest on the administration to implement. Right,
0: right, yeah. And then like, where would be... the funding come in? Right, I was about to say, where the funding?
2: somebody has to be compensated because you know no, being someone, the everyone. Bill... <laughs> no, right, like being well, in the help field just...
3: bill... I think one thing too like let, let's remember that the US Federal Reserve can print money at any given time. Mm. So just like the $1200 yeah, $1, yeah, right. that went out to everybody, there's no right. such thing as a lack of money. Right. It, I, the US is the only nation that's not backed by gold. So that's uh, we we go into a rabbit hole if y'all want. Right, to i was about talk to say.
0: <laughs> we talking about something, I mean, but it's real. It's real. There's no such thing There's money there. Is
3: there's, there. Lack. there's definitely money there. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's what you choose to back and what you choose not to back at the end of the day. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow.
2: What do you feel needs to happen on the local and state level to make, you know, make that happen or even make that an option? Wow, that would change
3: the game. I think first and foremost, we got to start rebuilding the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Everything that I find myself (laughs) being a part of now in my life is about community. It's about ecosystem. As I told you guys, I just proposed to my fiance last night and I've had the ring. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it, Queen. Thank you. I've had the ring for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It was more so about the back office processes of it, getting our structure right for this wedding that we're about to have and having the right community and ecosystem around. So we had as smooth of a transition as possible during a global pandemic to go Mm -hmm. into a healthy marriage. That was the goal. In the same sense that when you look at mental health, we have to we have to have a full spectrum. We need to have a great connection with doctors. We need to have a great working partnership and relationship with the social worker. We need to have mm-hmm. a great working relationship with the clinician who is actually yes. there practicing with the client. There is not a one size fits all for this thing. No, so no, I think for right. us to take that step towards building that society wherein you do have the pro bono services, I think the entry point should begin with the services. Mm, I yeah. am a huge advocate for social workers because they connect the dots. Right.
1: I think the,
3: the first step should be in a clinician analyzing where this person is. Is this person mentally stable, first and foremost? Uh, yes. what, what is it? Let's find out if there's a diagnosis that needs to be had. That, uh-huh. it could, that could be the starting point. So let's build this thing out together. Us will three right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Person comes in to a facility right. wherein they are able to receive a pro bono diagnosis. Either they have a stigma specifically that they're dealing with schizophrenia, depression, bipolar, Mm -hmm. whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be, but that is analyzed first. And that does not cost is paid by the government, government contracts, whatever. That's the first step. The -hmm. next step would be after that point of consultation, either you could go to the left side. And meet with a social worker who can connect the dots because maybe your mm-hmm. issue isn't so much mental. Maybe your issue is financial.
0: Right. Maybe yeah, you need somebody to help you with
3: the yeah. situational. Maybe you need somebody just to help you with your resume so you could get a job so you could be able to pay for your kids' school wow. wow. and that would just be a better. You'd probably be in a better mental state if you had some food in the refrigerator. Come on, Toby. Right.
0: Come on. Come on so, now. So, what's 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 on the other side? Right.
3: So so if if left side is services and social work and connecting the dots, mm-hmm. then I would say the right side would have to... Okay, so we got services, we got the condition.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
3: would say right side would be... Hmm, it would have to be something medical. That I would say medical services. And the reason why is because if you cannot pay for a counseling or therapy session, you're not going to be able to receive the treatment that you need. Right. And yeah. you'll probably... For, you'll probably prolong the processes if you going ahead and starting mm. to unpack that stuff. So if we take a step to the right, it would be pro bono services. I would suggest that the first person that diagnoses you doesn't need to be the last person that treats you. Wow. Yeah. I think from that first initial step... Wait,
0: how important is that for the first person that treats you isn't the last person?
3: I've had four therapists, right? So mm-hmm. in my life, to the therapist that I have, my doctor, he's amazing. He's in Charlotte. It took four tries for me to get a good fit. Mm, okay. I think yeah. in my I think in my seasons that I was in, every clinician that I met with was somebody who fit at that particular time.
0: Right. But right.
3: not when There was a different therapist that I needed once I was healed.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of
3: sense. Okay. I couldn't go back to Dr. Nagit at A&T. He was amazing, so I can drop his name. Amazing mm-hmm. at A&T. Mm-hmm. But at 25-year-old Kobe was a different Kobe than 20-year-old uh, Kobe when I was at a I right. was in a different space. So what I'm mm-hmm. saying is if we create this ecosystem as society, the way that people enter is not going to be the same way they leave. So yeah, we can't do right. a one-size-fits-all yeah, that you're right. going to have the same person throughout the journey. We got to fit for where you are. Because, mm-hmm. again, let's let's take an example. Let's Let's... Let's say it's a 25 year old guy. He gets he comes to consultation. We find out that he has he's dealing with depression. But at this point, it's not severe. It's not it's not diagnosable yet. But the issue is he's been laid off like the guy from Insecure and he hasn't had a job for like eight months or something. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
3: he may not need to go to the step right just yet. Maybe he needs to go left. OK, brother, Well, how can we help you with getting a job? How, how, what social work uh, services can we provide to help your children at this time with daycare? right let's go left with connecting the dot, dots with services yeah in the beginning initially and then as you're now starting to find your strides you're getting back into your career mm-hmm. let's start addressing some of those underlining issues of why you feel stuck in your uh-huh. career right. that right. led to you being laid off and not being able to get another job within eight months now That's let's good. move you over and that may not be a lpc that might just be a life coach that could address that and issue. and wait 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 for yeah. people
0: who don't know what is an lpc
3: Licensed professional counselor. Okay, well, I'm just saying. Like.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Was i was in here. No, i was just saying. Uh,
3: everybody don't know. The way you asked, I had to check myself. Um, <laughs> but, I know. I was. But, but for real, though, like that might that might be. So if he if he took to, so he took to the step to the left, right? I'm literally mm-hmm. you guys in my bedroom right now doing this. He right. took a step to the left. Mm-hmm. We we helped him get a job. We already had a staff and agency Mm -hmm. that helped them find a role. We already had, within the uh, social work services, we already had an organization that would keep the kids. They help with the time right now. Let's say that the mother is in the home, but she's working hard too, and and they just need a little help right now. Right. Everybody need a little help. Now that's stable. Now the home life is stable. Now mm-hmm. let's get his mental stable. So now yeah. we would take a step to the reassess. right and we would we see, reassess. reassess.
0: Right. That
3: reassessment would not be with the same person that he came in with because it's important that he sees the, the growth that's been right. in him. Yeah. Exactly. What we don't want to happen is to prevent that growth because now you're latching on to that initial person's mm-hmm. energy yeah. that you yeah, first met when you first came to get worked on. Exactly. When you first came to get the help. So now that we stepped over to the right side and we're in this lane now, okay, cool. Does he need a life coach? What is that idea that you've had for the last 10 years that you haven't been able to step out on? Mm. What's that thing that's calling your name and keeping you up late at night, your vision, your dream, your plan? What is that that we need to harbor? Because the LPC may not need to address it. Maybe you just need a life coach and somebody can help connect the dots. Maybe you just need a motivator that's going to push you to be able to act on that thing that you haven't had the faith to do before because you had to worry about whether or not your babies can eat at night mm-hmm. that is what that right step is that right step is finding out and then I'm gonna say there's one more step so we if you imagine i'm looking and i'm I'm drawing across mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh god let me not get too happy on this podcast so i'm <laughs> I'm drawing across but at the top of it what I'm drawing is the community wow okay. once that person has got the services once that person has uh, had the consultation initially once that person has whatever that thing is that's unique to their identity, whether that's revealed to them through a counselor or a life coach or whatever people call it. You know they got names for everything today. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, <laughs> now they need to be in a community. And that is what Journey of Mind, three years ago, What is the vision. It still is the vision for me. They need a space to be able to grow.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Is, that, is that a religious institution? I don't know. Is that a church? I don't know. Is that, is that your a free a free year subscription to yeah. a fitness gym right. or a community center. I don't that know for you? that whatever that is for you, that community is important for you to grow into. When I thought about journey of Mind incorporated, trust your journey uh, three years ago, I said, I wanted to have a facility where you can come and meet your therapist on the basketball court and shoot poops. Well, Why? Yeah. Cause you would get a whole lot more out of that person Just shooting some shots and find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. The same way, if that child is not speaking to you, when you go and sit him down at a sandbox and he'll get them toys Mm -hmm. and tell you everything that happened Mm
1: -hmm. or get
3: some crowns Mm -hmm. out and let Mm -hmm. them draw, you have to have the facility. You have to have the capacity to be able to foster the growth for the ecosystem, follow me now, in which that person is going to find out who and what they are. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this why. When you have a frog, Y'all know I'm country. I'm sorry. When you have a frog and that frog goes from as, as an amphibian, as a tadpole, and actually end up being a frog, it happens in different stages of the same yeah. ecosystem. Right. If yeah. any part of that ecosystem was off, it would have forfeited, it would have stopped that growth from one area to the next. It would have never prolonged the stage. Mm-hmm. Same wow. Same being. Speaking their language. Yeah. Same being same honestly ecosystem Mm -hmm. the transformation of the stages and what was around it at that given time was so important so as i'm drawing this out i'm literally seeing it as i'm speaking to you guys now on this podcast Mm -hmm. it's it's so important if we were were, to suggest this society there's so many moving parts that would have to be working together which would have to be led by strong leadership strong counsel strong input and implementation so it's Mm -hmm. across the board Making for better humans that are gonna come out of this thing mm-hmm. that's gonna promote itself,
0: wow Whew. that was good mm. that was that was a whole formula yeah <laughs> help y'all out. Help y'all out <laughs> <laughs> over here on the fly help y'all out
3: God <laughs> be the glory
2: wow that uh, was i need to, to marinate on that one but yeah. that was really
0: good yeah it's powerful how everything has its place it fits. You know, mm-hmm. and then the people that need to speak to that person love what they're doing. They are the yeah. right person for that for that person in need. You know, so it's, it's so many different op- options that you created that can heal the person internally just as much as externally.
3: Can and I can I share it. some truth with you guys? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never said this and I was saving this for my I was saving this for the right time to share with somebody. I'm going to share this with you. So I dropped out of the counseling program at UNC Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I, did. I did. I'm going to tell you why I dropped out, and I'm going to tell you the conversation that I had with my therapist, and this is how I knew he was for me. So I'm sitting inside uh, the counseling program. I'm, at, I'm still in North Carolina. I'm living with my sister at the time. I have. I, this is after being laid off in college, after college, um, six some months later, 100, 1,100 job applications done in Charlotte. Could not get a job with a bachelor's in science and marketing. Here I am. Mm -hmm. I've had four television interviews. I had times that I couldn't even, I didn't even have enough gas in my car to make it down to Fox 46.
1: Yeah. But
3: I was still advocating. I was still trusting the Lord. I was still believing that he had a plan and everything that was Mm -hmm. going on in my life. He had a plan. I was sitting inside the counseling program and I realized after all the trials and tribulations I had been in that I was healed. I knew that I was healed because my sense of urgency with advocacy changed. And it changed because the conversations that were being had in some of those rooms, and this is no knock to the counseling program. Dr. Nance was amazing. Got to shout him out. He's an amazing man of God. So many wonderful individuals that I met there. But I was sitting inside the program when I was like seven like 713, y'all know how it is. One of them late classes, my God.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> like, I, I was sitting at the class and I was there and I, I realized I was talking to the Lord and I said, I really am healed, but my life doesn't look like it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I, I'm i changed. I'm not the same Kobe I used to I'm not the same club promoter I was in college. I, I really am changed. I, I, I found out that I'm really whole now. I'm not broken like I used to be anymore. Right. And when I sat there, I had a conversation with the Lord. And I talked to him. I talked to him, and I said, "Where do you want me to go with this nonprofit? What do you want me to do?" So I called my best friend, my vice president of Journey Mind Incorporated, Imani. She'll be graduating this December as a licensed marriage and family therapist. Wow, so um, nice. I called her. That's my home girl. That's that's my rock. So I called my home girl. I said, "Home girl, this is where I'm at. I have just got done learning about Freud." I'm not even gonna talk about it. For y'all <laughs> go, y'all go look them up for yourself. Man, I already um, know. <laughs> I, no, I, I was sat not. here and I said, "I said, Monty, I think something is wrong with the system." <laughs> she said, "Monty was like, hey, You think?'" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah." I was like, "Mon, I don't know." When I started this organization, and this is you guys, this is one of my private conversations, right? mm-hmm. but I, it's it's gonna help somebody break through.
1: Right.
3: Um, I said, I don't know. At the time that I was hurting and I started the nonprofit, if God was telling me that I was going to one day be a clinician or I was going to own the building that the clinician was in,
1: Mm. Mm. I'm
3: going to tell y'all why that's so important. And I want to, I don't want to make anybody think this is for selfish gain at all. You've got to have people who care all across the board when it comes to getting people healed. We're in the business of saving folks, So if the person that owns the lease of the building does not care about the practice and the service that's being provided, there are restrictions that you cannot see, issues that you cannot even imagine that are really affecting the cost of the services that are provided, ensuring that that person really gets to their healing. We need warriors in all avenues of this fight, all avenues. And in that decision, when I started the organization at that time, three years ago, I didn't know. I got st- I got started. I was a young business owner. I had no idea how this was going to work. I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to help people. Yes. And yeah. when I actually you got the into the counseling program, I had the passion for it. I mm-hmm. got healed, and the passion was not the same. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. It was not the same. This is not what I thought it needed to be. And then a lot of the conversations that were being had, again, I'm going to go there with y'all today. I realized we're not really valid for the African American experience. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it today. <laughs> Wow. It's so taboo. I, God, it's taboo. I, so as I sat there in that conversation, in those conversations, and I realized that now I was healed, I realized also that what was being taught to me would maybe not all the way a hundred percent down to the bottom, heal some of my people that I had the same experiences that's so interesting and And
2: this conversation is necessary because I'm feeling the same way I'm like I kind of feel the same way I gotta tell you what I
3: did go ahead oh no I, I gotta tell you what you did but I want you to go ahead currently
2: oh no like I'm currently working with addicts and the population like it's predominantly white it's just like damn i really want to tap into my community right like it, and i don't know it may just have to be a time where i come on and leave this to faith i don't know i'm still marinating on it
3: but I, i'm marinating gonna- on it I'm, I'm, I'm gonna add some context so so i'll tell you what i did i'll tell you what i did i prayed to god first and foremost i ain't hear him say nothing <laughs> so, that's real. That's so then, real. i mean I just, I just gotta tell you sometimes that's what this walk is like he, yeah. sometimes not having the answer is the answer mm-hmm. so in that space i prayed and i realized that this wasn't for me i had made a decision out of scarcity it yeah. didn't make sense i couldn't get a job anywhere so it just made sense to go back to school and be more in debt we can talk about that yeah. another day but that's right. part of the of system as well yeah. so I, I i sat there i said okay i'm gonna withdraw but I'm trusting in the Lord within the next 90 days that my life is going to change. That's mm-hmm. a long story, but I'll tell you that I went from walking to classes at UNC Charlotte from Harris Boulevard, if you know what that is. I went from yeah. walking to classes to getting a new car. I went from sleeping on my sister's couch to moving 1,015 miles away and ended up marrying the woman I moved out here for. Another wow. conversation for another day. But I'll tell you that the decision that I made then was to be able to let the Lord use me as a vessel to connect the dots for folks. That mm-hmm. you and both of your roles may not be able to be as vocal about as I in my particular space and avenue may be able to. It yeah. doesn't discredit neither one of you for where you are, but it's yeah. that understanding that we need. So when you go to battle, you go to war. You got your you got the army, right? Where the army mm-hmm. go? They go on the ground, right? right. They are the foot mm-hmm. troops, and then you got the air force, right? Where's the air force at? They they're they're flying overhead, right? Right.
0: Yeah.
3: You have the navy, they're coming up in the water, you got the seals. you mm-hmm. got everybody's in the same fight. You just got different platoons, you got different legions, yeah. you got different you got different folks. And I realized that whereas God might have put me on the army, like front facing like you guys are, and like really in the foot part of the fight, a lot of the conversations that I'm having now with some of these billionaires that live in Preston Hollow in Dallas, Texas, that have owners other way. They may not be able to respond to somebody who's in the army the same way they might be able to respond to the corporate guy and saying, hey, this is where your taxes are with your business right now. This is what you can do with some of these funds and put into this grassroots program at Oak Cliff or put into this grassroots program over here to help with mental health. That, that conversation that needs to be had may not be had unless there's somebody that's an advocate within that particular space. I didn't see it, you guys, nine months ago. God. Nine months, 10 months ago, <laughs> I see it now that this, this issue, this problem, especially when it comes to black and brown communities, when it comes to mental health, we need more people than just on the ground. Wow! Because we're wearing out, and I've got to say this on this podcast or I'd, be, I'd it'd be unpronounced. we are wearing out our troops on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We're wearing them out because nobody else is willing to jump into the fight and just accept a different role. You got mm-hmm. to be the therapist. You got to be seen. You got to be the popular mm-hmm. person. You got to mm-hmm. you got to be seen. And we're putting these unhealed therapists. I ain't even, I ain't mm-hmm. even mean to go there. Ooh. We got Ooh. people that ain't even healed trying to get other people healed. Yeah. Not and don't truly love what it is that they do, but they're yeah. still running for the check and they're still charging. And then these folks are getting turned back out. They're coming back out. They never really got it addressed within the three to four sessions that they did have. And then uh-huh. let's not get started on Blue Cross Blue Shield. My God. Like, let's the not insurance, let's insurance. not get right. started on the insurance part. And these folks uh-huh. aren't coming out getting healed. So we got a problem. We got a deficit of people actually finding their way to services. People that generally want to come to services and can't afford it. Then we got folks who can't afford the services that are coming in but they're getting turned back out and not getting healed. And then it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, after three sessions and then you're on to the next person. Mm. To start that same cycle and that same process again.
0: All it yeah. again.
3: Well new therapist.
0: Wow. With, with the
3: therapist. same approach. Don't get me yeah. started with that.
0: Wow. You hitting you hitting it
2: hard. you hitting the points, yeah, especially for someone who's, who knows like the who's ins and in outs it. of yeah. what therapy looks like. Yeah. I can attest to that too. Like, it's just too quick of a process. Nobody's really fully sitting and marinating and working these steps or just really, you know, trust the process or, you know, trust your journey. I say trust the process in that journey, right? Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. All right.
2: I'm sitting here marinating. I'm like, ooh. Oh, Oh, goodness. Okay. Kobe came correct. (laughs) Yeah. So for those who may not be a mental health advocate or receive any type of mental health-related education but wants to support the movement, what what can be done to... How can they help?
3: They're not an advocate, but they want to advocate. Yes. yes. Okay. You need to educate yourself first. I, I think mm-hmm. that's just the beginning. You You need to educate yourself, and I'm telling you this why. I'm telling mm-hmm. you this is because when you step into this space, you are fighting against a lot. Mm, yeah. You're fighting against a lot. I will say initially you can give financially to grassroots programs. You can volunteer your services for maybe a nonprofit or something that is around a 501C3 or 501 c whatever the case may be. Yeah. You can volunteer mm-hmm. with a mission um, that maybe does. You can start at the food uh, the food pantry. You can start at the homeless center, serving food. Let, let, let's let serve first and see where your heart is at. Yeah, that's a good point. It, once you serve and you see where your heart is at and you see how you feel, because you might serve and find out that you feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Maybe this ain't the best thing for you. Right. You might serve and find that you want to serve more. Maybe this is your thing. Maybe you have a true service spirit. I I say that because better that you start in a level of advocacy that you can go with long-term, that you can make a lifelong journey. When you come into a corporate space, they always ask you, you know, what's your favorite nonprofit or nonprofit that you want to do the matching system with with the company. Uh, Everybody has their favorite, right? like Disney, kids or something, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. You need to find, a level of advocacy if you want to be in mental health with a particular stigma or service that I ident- that you identify with if you want to work with bipolar folks do that don't get over to uh autism kids and then get frustrated right because that's not what you want to, that's not just space that you want to work with if if you're not really interested in helping out with advocates I mean with um, addicts drug addicts You don't need to be in addictions. You might need to be Mm -hmm. in, if you Mm -hmm. like kids, you might need to be in a marriage family. You might need to be in Mm -hmm. that area, that space. I think first and foremost, I would tell to an advocate, educate yourself and start by serving in a a very small capacity and find out more about yourself. Once you find out more about yourself and the likeness of where you would fit best and have the the best capacity to serve, that is where you begin. But you have to begin with service. You have to begin with reflection and looking at yourself because otherwise, my thought pattern on it is that you may end up doing more harm than good later down the Mm -hmm. line. Not saying that's that's not warranted. Not saying that, hey, we don't want you to jump out here, make some cold calls. Hey, jump in. But we want you to be educated once you jump in because we're in a space that something said wrong could set somebody back so far or, and it could be biases that you have that you don't even realize that you have that could be revealed and somebody else that's going through, they're going to pick it up just like yeah, that.
0: Right. Yeah. This has definitely been amazing. For lack of an even better word, so informative and impactful and needed today. Like yeah. There was no other day that could have been said the way it was said but today. And so we thank you for that specifically because that's awesome. That the way it was just this flowed, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just your knowledge behind it, the knowledge behind it, and behind it in the the excitement. You can hear it in your voice, the excitement. And so, I guess, in closing, where can we find you for those listening who don't know about you, Kobe, or the great things that you're doing? What are some upcoming projects that are
3: in the works? And after Kobe, y'all can pull up on me. I'm in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Come on, we got pulled barbecue down here. They can find me on social media, all platforms, all networks. Kobe Cornell, C O L B Y C O R N E L L, my professional profile. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kobe Boone. You can find me on LinkedIn, Journey of Mind Incorporated. You can find on all platforms with the same handle, Journey of Mind I N C. Journey of Mind I N C. You can actually get the Might as Well card game that addresses faith. mental health and culture in a unique way. I absolutely promise you, you're going to find everything from, uh, oh man, same-sex marriage, LGBTQ community. You'll find cards about faith, suicide, and prevention. Uh, You'll find everything in that card game. That is at www.mightaswellgame.com on all social media platforms for that as well as Might As Well Game across every platform that you can think of. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And lastly, we have an upcoming conference that's called FWM, Faith, Wealth, and Mental Health Conference, which was supposed to be in person. It's going to end up being on Zoom, of course, with everything that's going on. I'm expecting that to come about before the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, We're looking in November. Um, That is typically where we do, with Journey of Mind, we typically do our events. In every quarter of the year, we always do a big event in every quarter right. of the year. And I expect to do the same this year, even in the midst of everything that's going on. So they can stay tuned to that. In the meantime, between time, if you listen to this podcast today and you want someone to connect the dots for you, email us at trustyourjourneyproject at gmail.com. We will find you a therapist either from psychology today or we'll reach out yeah. to some of the clinicians that are already partnered with Journey of Mind who may provide pro bono services for you as well. That's something that we're actually able to do now through the nonprofit. So we want to be able to connect the dots for you. Don't leave this podcast if you listen today and and not find somebody for you to speak to. Take that first step. We're here for you. We believe in you. And we know from this first step that you take from this conversation that was had today that your life is going to be a completely 180 on the other side of you taking that first step. All we're asking is for you to take the first step
0: wow thank you so thank much thank you Kobe. so much thank you it was a truly a pleasure and this is so so needed so so needed so thank you yeah. for coming on our show today we oh. really
2: appreciate it we thank you for tuning in to a mental moment
0: podcast with
2: jaya and c
0: like us on facebook and follow us on instagram at mental moment podcast and as always we love to chat with you on twitter and hear how you enjoyed the show at underscore mental moment
3: mental moment all you need is a mental moment take a breather before you blow it don't hold it in posture or pretend just releasing you feel far better within a mental moment, moment. Hey, all moment. you need is a mental moment. moment a mental moment with jaya and c